I mean, I talk a lot on failure. In my second business, I met these two guys uh, in the classified section, Chicago Tribune. And you probably should not be looking for a business partner in the classified section <laughs> of any newspaper, maybe for a boat or an apartment. Uh, and I really, I realized that, you know, people, businesses are not really about ideas. Businesses are about the execution of those ideas. So in the end, businesses are basically about people. Who you're going into business with is much more important than the business you're actually going in in with, right? Exactly what you're doing. So business is all really about people. Starting or growing your business is hard work. But now you are listening to the Better Business Podcast with me, Steve Cook, and I'm going to try and make it a little easier on you. We on this podcast help you grow a better business with real advice from professionals, and today is no different. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Better Business Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Cook, and today my guest is Barry Moltz. He gets small business owners unstuck. He has started and ran three businesses with both successes and failures over the past 25 years. He is the author of six books and has hosted a nationally syndicated business radio show for the past 12 years. As a small business expert, Barry motivates groups from 20 to 20,000. Barry, you left something out of your introduction that I happened to notice. Are you also in the Entrepreneurship Hall of Fame? I am an entrepreneur Hall of Fame because being Jewish, I'm never going to get into the baseball or football Hall of Fame. So <laughs> that was uh, that was my best chance of getting into some kind of Hall of Fame. So yes, thank you. <laughs> Man, I uh, I saw that on there and I was like, you know what? He left that out there. I don't know if that was some weird deal that he got kicked out or what. No, but, I haven't uh... been expelled yet. Uh, <laughs> I keep fighting to stay in. You know. Well, that's awesome. I uh, you are. Uh... I thought and on kind of reading through some of your blogs and stuff that you were who I wanted to be when I grew up. And then I saw the, uh, the blog about cycling um, that you'd done recently. And I also love cycling and I was like, dang it, Barry. He's like, you're, you're my, uh, you're my uh, hero here. And, and a lot of the stuff you're doing. So I really appreciate you. Road cyclist or gravel or mountain or, uh, I've, I've done mountain biking, uh, this summer for the first time. And, uh, it was, uh, insanely fun um typically i do road cycling but the mountain biking was so fun and then i had a pretty bad crash um so i think i might <laughs> i might have to pause on the the road yeah. on the uh, mountain cycling i uh i paused after i broke my ribs january 2nd mountain biking so uh really but in the summer i'm a road cyclist and uh you were just reading that i did the 150 mile ride across michigan we start in the morning at uh, lake michigan and we ride all the way 150 miles away to lake huron uh, and my wife says, God, you know, you really made that seem easy. I go, honey, you didn't see me training for hundreds of hours for a whole year actually to do that one day. <laughs> yeah. uh, so she goes, yeah, I wonder why you were gone so much. So that's awesome. That's super cool. Well, yeah, I, uh, wanted to talk to you today about, I thought it was your last book that you had written, but it looks like you have another one, um, about the hundred small business, um, tips. I was wanting to talk to you today about um, getting businesses unstuck. It seems like that's kind of the the theme of, of your um, talks and the theme of, of one of your books. Um, talk to me about getting businesses unstuck. Why did you name a book that and, and kind of have a lot of the things you do uh, themed around that? 
You know, I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, they go into a business with certain dreams of where it's going to take them financially, where it's going to take them from an independent standpoint. And I believe that they get part of the way there, but they get stuck. It doesn't really turn out to be everything they wanted or hoped it to be. And they have enough success to stay in business, but they don't really have enough success really to get wealthy or sell it or to retire. So I help them figure out where they stuck, what do they have to let go of so they can move forward. And most of the time, this is really in the areas of you know, sales and marketing, leadership management, productivity, where people really are stuck. Because as the saying goes, you know, it's hard to read the label when you're inside the jar, right? So yeah. when you're outside their business, you can help them more. Uh, and that's really what I do with uh, small business owners. Do you feel like talking about that, do you feel like that is um, in the um, consultations or, or talking with other business owners that you've done, do you think that there's a certain group of people that just don't have the knowledge, like they get to a certain point and then there's another group that they don't have the motivation or the ambition or the drive or, or where do you, where do you think that most people sit in that group? I don't think it's really about knowledge. I really think that I believe in my new book that's coming out uh, in December called change masters, how to make the changes, you know, you need to make. I don't believe people change unless they're an incredible amount of pain because remember your brain is a pattern making machine. It likes doing the same thing over and over again. And unless you're really in pain or really uncomfortable, you don't make any changes because you're successful enough. So you just keep doing what you've always done and hope to get different results. And that yeah. really doesn't work. And change is hard. Change brings uncertainty. Change brings that it might be harder. And as we get older and more experienced in our businesses, quite frankly, we get lazy. Yeah. Yeah, I have a, I have, I've wondered that myself. If if it's a, a form of laziness, you know, when you go a few months on just kind of checking the boxes and and getting the to do list done, and and then just going home at the end of the night, I've been um, victim of that mentality as well. You know, it's easy to do that. Why are there blockbusters versus Netflix? Why are there Ubers versus taxi companies? Right? Why is there the Yellow Pages versus Google Online Search? because you know they got fat and lazy. And I understand that. I, I totally understand that. It is hard to change if you've been successful doing one thing and now to continue success, be more successful, you gotta do something else. And a lot, a lot of people don't wanna do that. You had mentioned on your, um, your, your bio that you had had um, some successes and some failures in business. Um, with the failure, did you learn, you know, was there some things that came out in that, that, um, you, um, kind of took away from that, that you're able to talk on now? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I mean, I talk a lot on failure in my second business. I met these two guys, uh, in the classified section, of Chicago Tribune, and you probably should not be looking for a business partner, the classified section <laughs> of any newspaper, maybe for a boat or an apartment. Uh, and I really, I realized that, you know, people, businesses are not really about ideas. Businesses are about the execution of those ideas. So in the end, businesses are basically about people. Who you're going into business with is much more important than the business you're actually going in, in with, right? Sure. Exactly what you're doing. So business is all really about people. But I think where people get stuck sometimes is thinking that they got to learn from their mistakes right now. I believe that 
if you fail, if you make a mistake, you have a pity party, you cheer the darkness for a while. But then after a couple of days, you kind of got to let that go and see if you can take a different path to give yourself another chance of success. Too many people hold on to their failure too long because they're trying to figure out, okay, what is failure have to what is failure gonna teach me now? What is failure gonna teach me now? And you know, sometimes failure's got does nothing to teach right now. Sometimes it just bakes. When you lose your largest customer like me, who got indicted by the federal government, what was I to learn? Not do business with criminals? I mean, yeah. you know, so you gotta go on, get another shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot you can do with that. That sounds like a pretty incredible story though. I'm sure that was a, a sleepless night or two. Many. My wife had more sleepless nights. That's why she won't let me start any more businesses. <laughs> you made her gun shy, huh? Absolutely. Um, more than once. On the, uh, we had talked before about something that you think every small business should stop or start doing right now. Um, talking about getting unstuck, I thought that it was interesting. You said that every small business owner should stop daily interruptions and start focusing on critical things. What do you mean by that? You know, I, I think that a lot of people say, you know, I just don't have the time. There's enough time in the day. And to me, that is a total lie. There definitely is enough time in the day. The problem is you're either getting interrupted too many times with silly different things, or you're not focusing on the things that really need to get done today that make a difference in your life. It's not about time. It's about focus. And unfortunately, with all the devices that go around or people constantly interrupting us, we let people interrupt us because it makes us feel important instead of just saying, okay, these two hours a day, we're just going to focus on what has to get done, which is really critical in my business today. We don't do this because we're so used to being interrupted. In fact, if we don't get interrupted, we go looking for interruptions. Yes. Go walk around meandering and things. Exactly. Yeah. Um, as far as, you know, the, um, theme in your book, it seemed like a, a big theme in your book was on marketing. Um, how do talking about small businesses, I feel like there's so much noise. There's the group that is, it seems like old school and they think, you know, it's still all about, you know, supporting the small town and, and being in the newspaper and billboards. There's, there's things that are old school and people just won't let go of. And then I feel like there's an, another cr group that is, um, too maybe futuristic. It's it's things that aren't super practical, or maybe it's it's things that are too um, big business or something like that. How do how do small businesses? Um, I feel like that's more your expertise. How do small businesses get more customers as far as marketing goes? You know, I think you have to think about what is the purpose of marketing. The purpose of marketing to me is to turn suspects, people that should be interested in what you're selling, into prospects. People that have raised their hand and said, yeah, I might be interested in what you're selling. The biggest problem small business owners face is they don't have a systematic and automatic way to do marketing. They only do marketing when they don't have any customers. But as soon as they get customers, they stop doing marketing because then they start doing the work for those customers. But as soon as those jobs are over, they got to start doing marketing again. So their business stays flat. There has to be, no matter what you do, whether you're doing traditional advertising or social media or podcasts, just do something consistent so you can be there when people are ready to buy. That's really the key about marketing, right? You want to be in the maybe pile. So if someone says, God, you know, I, uh, you know, I really need help in my business. Who can I go to help for? Oh, yeah, you know, Barry's been emailing me for six years every single week. I could probably, Barry should probably be the one of the people I talk to. Or, 
or they can refer you from a friend or something like that. So marketing is about showing people that you're an expert so they think of you when they're ready to buy. Um, I'm looking at now perhaps buying another car. So what keeps coming up for me? Car commercials, right? When you're a hat, yeah. everything's a nail. And but those <laughs> car commercials, of course, have been around us all the time. So do you think that for me, I felt like you were actually like talking to me while you were saying that last part. Um, I am so guilty of of doing that is is having a rush of marketing, go getting a bunch of customers, and I'm like, crap, now I gotta service them all. Um what do you think is a, a practical advice around that? Is it is it hiring people? I've tried to to get more um, consistent with that. Maybe hiring a team around that, so that way it's not just me when I have free time. Or, or what's a what's a practical way to to work on that? I think the key thing is getting automation tools that can help you, you know, automatically do some of these things. So, for example, let's say that you want to get more reviews, right? So you can get tools like Nice Job, which every single you get a customer emails them. Hey, you know, can you give me a review? And then it texts them and can you give me a review? And then, you know, reminds them two or three times or get some kind of CRM or emailing, you know, email system that every single week it's sending out some kind of piece of content. Uh, there's all sorts of tools like social, uh, Sprout Social that does automatic posting of your social media posts. If you can automate it as much as possible, that will really help. It's hard, Steve, to set it up initially, but once you have that content library, it's really easy to do it uh, to keep it going. Where do you find the most success in in recommending small businesses toward marketing? Is it social media, or, or is there is it different for every industry? I think it depends on who your customers are. You know, if your customers are people that are you know seventy five years old in nursing homes, it's probably not going to be social media, right? But if the folks are you know Gen X, Gen Y, Gen Z. Maybe it is social media, maybe it's Facebook, maybe it's TikTok, whatever it is. Again, all these, uh, all these social media tools have search engines. Whatever pain or problem you solve, put that pain or problem in the search engine and see what kind of conversations people are having about that issue. That's where your prospects and customers are. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, we had talked about before um, something that you believe no one agrees with you about is that people should strive for minimal achievement. What in the world does that mean? You've been waiting to do that your whole life, right? You can have, we can actually do that one, strive for minimal achievement. I think that people have to understand that great progress is really made in tiny steps. In other words, what you have to do is you have to try one small thing, see if it succeeds. If it doesn't, go do something else. If it does, go build on that. And the key in being successful in business is not to make any huge mistakes where you can't recover. When people retell their story, they always talk about these giant risks that they took that really paid off. You know, that's a bunch of garbage. It was small, patient, iterative steps. Most overnight success takes seven to 10 years. Are you, the businesses that you deal with the most um, that are, we could call them stuck or they need your help or, or whatever it might be, um, what do you find that the most common theme is in all of those businesses that you think the majority of small businesses deal with the same problems? Yeah, besides the marketing and sales, it really is around leadership management. Too many small business owners, what their organization chart looks like is they're at the middle of the organization chart and everyone works around them. It's kind of like hub and spoke. So every decision, every major action has to go through them. 
and they're really holding their business back. And they do it really because of out of ego. You have to create an organization where other people are doing significant parts of the work so you can find leverage in them. If you can go on vacation, Stephen, make money, you got a business. If you go on vacation, not making money, all you do is got a job. Yeah. Yeah. And I think some people are, I've, I, I've been astonished, but I think a lot of people um, are actually okay with that. Just owning their job instead of owning a business, you know, um, I think some of it comes down to an ambition level of, you know, they're content with just basically, like we said, owning their job, um, which is, you know, incredible to a lot of people that that have the reverse mentality of trying to build the biggest business in the world. Um, and it's I think that, them when they get try when later on they try to sell their job to somebody else and they can't because it's just about them. Do you deal with a lot of businesses that are that are trying to sell? Absolutely, I've uh, been involved in a lot. You know, this year there's a tremendous amount of merger and acquisition activity, and uh, you know, some businesses are sellable and some businesses are not. And a lot of people think their businesses, Steve, are worth a lot more than they are. I, I've been very curious about that. Um, I guess you could say industry or, or um, idea. What is what is kind of the process if somebody wants to sell their business? Is it a one, two, three year process or is it can it be very quick? I guess it depends on how much you're wanting out of it. Yeah, the first thing question you have to ask yourself is what are you going to do the day after you sell your business? Right. And if you don't have a good answer, you're not ready to sell your business, right? Yeah. You got to think about what's going to happen afterwards because um, you got to be ready to sell it because it is a difficult process uh, because, you know, you got to get things, you got to get your financials together, right? And a lot of small business owners don't keep up-to-date financials. I wouldn't say accurate, but up-to-date financials because in this process, number numbers are power. And then you have to usually utilize some kind of broker to go out and find people that are interested in your business. And then once you do, they're going to do due diligence on your business where they're going to call your baby ugly. And that's going to yeah. be painful. Um, and they're going to set a price on everything. Um, but, you know, in the end, the good news is you can find out whether people think your business is worth something or not. Um, I've been dealing with educational technology businesses, and they're worth a tremendous amount of money now. They're worth somewhere between five and 12 times their annual revenue. And I say annual Whoa. revenue, not their profit. So Whoa. if you have a business that's $20 million in annual occurring revenue, if you're an educational technology company, you can sell that thing for $150 million. Huge. Wow. Tell me about like the um, more um, traditional businesses, say retail or, or even like construction and stuff like that, where the business owner is it's kind of that person that we we're talking about, very involved, very, um, you know, they work in the business every day. Are those businesses almost, I'm not going to say impossible to sell or, but those are, are those way harder to sell than, than some of these other businesses like you're talking about? Well, listen, the technology businesses are easier to sell because they have more strategic buyers. Uh, remember, someone who is a strategic buyer where they can take your company, integrate it into their company, they're going to pay a lot of, a, a higher price. If someone's just going to take over for you and fill your shoes, they're a financial buyer, they're going to, they're going to pay a lower price. Service businesses will sell for anywhere between two and four times your net cash earnings during the year, but not really beyond that. Because you have to think about, let's say in your business right now, you make $100,000 a year running your business or you take $100,000 cash out or that's your cash profit after you pay yourself for doing the job, it's probably worth three times that. That's $300,000. And if you think about it, that makes sense. 
because how much do you want the buyer to upfront before they actually break even on what they just paid you? Three years is a reasonable period of time. It's not going to be 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, what about on the other side of, of buying businesses? Um, do you mostly see that the people that are buying businesses are, are very large companies that are trying to pick off these smaller ones? Or do you see people that are trying to, you know, become first time entrepreneurs, buying businesses and things like that? How does that play out? I mean, I think it's both. Uh, you know, there are individual people that are kind of have always wanted to work for themselves, but they don't want to buy a franchise. They don't want to start their own business. They want to go and buy something that's established and make it, uh, you know, make it better. Typically, these people who have already had a career made, uh, you know, a certain amount of money uh, and they want to go do something else. They want to, as they see it, control their future. But also there's a lot of large businesses that are trying to obviously buy up the marketplace because the more competitors they can take out, the more market share they get. Yeah. So let's say someone is in that camp that um, you just talked about that they're 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 doing everything they're doing the the hub and spoke um, system and they don't want to be <laughs> they don't you know they're they're missing something they they've tried to hire somebody it doesn't work out they've tried to hire a cashier it doesn't work out or whatever it might be how does someone get out of that rat race or the the wheel of of being the person that everyone comes to in in that whole set of problems well the question you have to ask yourself is why haven't those people worked out have you not given them a good job description have you not trained them well enough are you not hiring the right person for the job do they have experience are you paying them enough so you've got to find out what really happened in these cases the other way you can do it is you can outsource a lot of this stuff, right? If you want to outsource your, you know, customer service or your uh, accounting or these other kinds of things, that's where you can start to that to, to some kind of professional. Um, that might be a good place to begin. That's awesome. Um, that's real good advice. I didn't even, you know, the the paying people more. I think that that's something that a lot of people miss. They, yeah, they quit and went to another job. Yeah, they quit and went to another job. You know, it's, uh, at what point do you evaluate what what you're paying someone? That's every that's great one, advice. Every once in a while, Steve, you get someone who quote unquote is a deal, but typically there are no deals. You get what you pay for. Um, so, and especially now where it really is uh, an employee's market, I mean, it's very difficult to yes. find people to work anywhere. You're going to be paying more. I was out in LA. Uh, sorry, I was in San Francisco. And they're paying $25 an hour to start at Chipotle. Oh my gosh. Stop. Wow. Yeah, it is. That it, that rings so true here, especially in this. I don't know if everybody, like you said, sounds like it's kind of in the same boat, but man, in the, in the Oklahoma City area, it is it is incredible. At, at one point, we were begging people basically to apply uh, for us, much less have our pick of the litter of you know who we wanted to hire. We were just trying to get applications. So it's been very tough here lately. Absolutely. Um, one last, one last question for you, you, you know, and, and I guess really the question is, is based on everything that you talk about. Um, but if you had to boil it down to one piece of advice to somebody that is maybe plateaued in their business, um, or as you say, stuck, um, in their business, what advice would you give them to better their business? What I would do is try to, determine where you're really stuck. And you may not be able to do that. So I think it's a good idea to go out and try to get either some friendly advice or mentor advice or paid advice from someone that can take an external view of your business. People tell me that 
the one thing that's really made a difference in their company is finding a mentor, someone they can talk to because, you know, the adage is it's lonely at the top, Steve. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. Have you, have, did you ever reach out to, did you ever have different points where you reached out to, you know, coaches or consultants or anything in, in any of your businesses? All my businesses, I had, you know, two different types of mentors and they were really, they were really great for me. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, man, um, thank you so much for being on. I know you, uh, you've got your own radio show that you, do you do it daily or is it five oh, days no, a week or daily would be way too much work. No, it airs uh, nine o'clock on Saturday mornings in Chicago. Um, and we've been doing it for now 13 years. We get about a million downloads a year and, um, we talk about all things, small business, talk to a lot of, uh, you know, small business leaders, um, just, uh, did our interview, which hasn't aired yet, which aired on this, uh, Saturday. Talked to Tim Higgins, who's a reporter at the Wall Street Journal, who just wrote the book about Elon Musk and why Elon oh, wow. was um, uh, successful at Tesla. And it's really a, a fascinating uh, analysis and insight into his life. That's super cool. Well, Barry, hey, thank you so much for being on. I appreciate everything and, and uh, for making this so easy. You were, you were super easy to get everything set up with, and I, I really appreciate it. Thanks, Steve. Hey, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Better Business Podcast with me, your host, Steve Cook. You know, starting or growing a business is hard work, so I hope that today's advice made it just a little bit easier for you. We'll be sharing more about this exact topic all this week on my social platforms. You can find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, or if you would like to get a a personalized blog post from me on this topic, you can join my email list and I will send you an email once a week. You can check the show notes to subscribe to that or find me on my website, whatever's easier for you. Now get out there and go grow a better business with this advice from today's Real Pros. Thank you for listening.